Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intent that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. Let me share with you two names, Maud Davidson and Laura Cobb. I doubt you've ever heard of them. They lived a generation or two before and never held public office, were not in the movies or on a TV show. They were not public personalities or influencers as we understand today. Their pictures are not well known. Yet to the people they influenced, they were more than all of that put together. We could acknowledge Laura and Maud's accomplishments in higher education when many women did not pursue advanced degrees. We could talk about how they achieved rank in military service. But all of those things are overshadowed by what they became to the people around them and the people that looked up to them. They became a force for life and hope for many that simply had lost hope or strength. They became known to those around them because they helped people survive. In the early days of the Second World War, the Japanese attacked the Philippines and rapidly captured the islands. Many military personnel were not able to evacuate, many because they were wounded. Tending to those wounded were military nurses. Leading the Navy nurses was Laura Cobb, and in charge of the Army nurses was Maud Davidson. Maud, even though wounded herself, helped establish two military hospitals in the jungle, and later established another on Corregidor. Finally, when Corregidor fell, Maud and 66 other Army nurses joined Laura Cobb and 11 Navy nurses who had been captured months before. They were ultimately taken to a place, a place of torture, disease, and starvation. Places with names like Santo Tomas Internment Camp and the Los Banos Concentration Camp. Even cut off from support and supplies, it was the strong leadership and courage of Laura and Maud that kept the 77 nurses working for the good of the captives. Food, medicine, and bandages were scarce, but they used anything and everything they had to care for the thousands of prisoners around them. Many that survived the camps credited the nurses and those that led them with their survival. There is no question that they were heroes. Yet, Laura Cobb and Maud Davidson have been lost to history and to the changing of the generations. In another 50 years, will they be remembered at all? The point is that a person can really only serve the people around them. Laura Cobb and Maud Davidson did everything they could to help those in front of them with the horrors and hunger that they were enduring. But future generations might not even learn or know of their strength and compassion. Unlike Laura and Maud, the Bible story mentions two women and the contributions they made to the life of a single person. But because of that contribution, their names survive and are recognized 2,000 years after they died. It is a short passage, but it is a passage filled with a sense of honor and thanksgiving. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. This is from the last letter that the Apostle Paul would write. 
It is his second letter to his friend Timothy. It is a letter written from prison and by an aging apostle that admits he is cold, bored, and lonely. He asked Timothy to bring a coat and books and to come quickly. But the letter is not about his difficult circumstances, but is written to encourage Timothy in his work to spread the message of Jesus. We don't know much about Timothy's situation except what is mentioned in the two letters and some passing references in other verses. We do know that his father was Greek and his mother and grandmother were Jewish. The statement about the origins of his knowledge and faith is remarkable. Paul says that he knows that much of Timothy's knowledge of God's Word came from the efforts of his grandmother and mother. In doing so, Paul calls them by name and says he knows about their faith. That means that 2,000 years later, we know that Timothy's grandmother was named Lois, and his mother's name was Eunice, two names that have been remembered with honor. The reason this is important is because of the example it provides for parents and grandparents. Those that have the opportunity to raise children have been directed by God to take seriously the responsibility to teach their children about God and His Word. One of the few statements that is made about the early life of Jesus says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This statement is sometimes overlooked, but notice what is said about Jesus at this moment. It mentions his physical development, his mental development, his spiritual development, and his social development. The responsibility to raise the Savior was not just for a mother to give birth, but to provide what was needed for the growth and maturity of the Jesus that would accomplish so much. It would have been a simple thing for Maud Davidson and Laura Cobb to see their captivity as an opportunity to put down the responsibility of command and escape the professional responsibility of their medical training. After all, they had practically nothing to work with in terms of supplies. There was not enough food to go around. The camps were filled with injured and ill men that had to have overwhelmed any support. But they kept the nurses in their charge, thinking and acting like professionals that they were. Two numbers stand out from the camps that the nurses were involved in. First, only 10% of the men in the camps died of illness or starvation, a much lower number than similar camps. Second, Maud and Laura brought every one of their nurses home alive. As parents or grandparents, we do not have thousands to care for, only a few. But to have a godly impact on their lives, we have to consider the responsibility a serious one, and to never let the circumstances of life be used as an excuse to become disengaged. Our influence should be positive and should be powerful. Paul speaks of this in his letter to the Christians in Ephesus. As he discusses the practical application of the gospel, he talks about relationships that can be challenging. But just because it is challenging does not mean we can simply turn away and ignore it. We have others to consider, and part of that consideration is how we impact the spiritual lives of the children. In a culture that did not encourage fathers to be active in raising their children, Paul said this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, 
but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Can you see the stamp of these qualities in Mary as she raised her son? Now look at the words used to describe the two women in Timothy's upbringing. Paul says that Timothy's faith and knowledge are directly related to the influence of Lois and Eunice. It would seem that the model Paul was speaking of in Ephesus is demonstrated in the life of Timothy. He was raised in the instruction, in other words, provided with information about God and His Word, and the discipline, the structure, and practice in the ways of God. Because Paul speaks of the faith of Lois and Eunice, he may be talking about what he personally saw them do and heard them say. The idea of their behavior and faith being the model for Timothy is clear. He saw God in them and learned from that. And it shall be when your sons ask you in times to come, saying, What is this? Then you shall say to him, With a powerful hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. This is part of the instructions given by God regarding the first celebration of the Passover. A major part of the Passover was the opportunity for the children to learn by watching and asking questions. Later, the tradition evolved that the youngest at the meal would ask the question, and the oldest or most respected at the meal would tell the story of God's salvation. Timothy must have taken part in many of these meals and listened to the retelling of the mercy and power of God. The distance and time between the first Passover and the boy Timothy watching what was going on and asking the question why was well over a thousand years. Yet the tradition had continued to have its intended effect. From moments like this, Timothy learned about God from his mother and grandmother. And from that, he learned about Jesus and becoming committed to sharing the story with others. Maud and Laura both were given medals for their courage and efforts during the three years they were in the camps. But where are those medals today? They may have been lost, or they may be in a drawer somewhere, or they may be framed with a picture. But it was not for the medals that Maud and Laura struggled, but for the lives of those they could help. God has placed the spiritual lives of a few little ones in the hands of parents and grandparents. They can see that these little ones have the opportunity to be shown what godly thinking and godly behavior looks like. Circumstances can be hard, but the parents and grandparents are not charged with giving up, but with doing the best they can for as long as they can. Let someone say, when they see those children and grandchildren serving the God of heaven, I knew your parents and grandparents, and you You're just like them. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Stillwater Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.